Agudne Rav Shabbos. Rabbi Yisai, we're starting now the uh, Sefer, Sefer Shniyo, Sefer Shmois. This Pausha is a Pausha that's tomming all kinds of Devorim Gedolim. But I want to share with all of you that which I heard Mimoron Hagri that there's a lot of small things to be learned in this week's parasha. And I heard the concept many years ago. And I have to say, every time I go through the parasha, it's nisoyer to me how much more little things there are. And Biankif said, Biankif really his shmuz was on the Indian of the Sneh. But I'm going to share with you how we have so many little things in this week's Pausha that end up really taking over gigantic in Yonim. So Bianca was oimed on the Sneh. The Sneh, after all, is the introduction of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu to Klal Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu to Rabbeinu Shalom. The Sneh. So again, that we have different medrashim with different mashmoyos, but in in an official capacity, the minui of Moshe Rabbeinu to be manhigon shol Yisrael was by the snare, and by the snare we see a dover nair. What did Moshe Rabbeinu already do? He didn't fast for forty days. He didn't do meyat uh, he pushed saw a strange sight, a scientific pella. So he stopped. He well, what is this? Madua Madua Loy Hivasne Hasne Boyer Boyesh Fasne in Ucho. This bush. Is burning. It's being consumed by fire. At the same time, it's not getting consumed. It's burning without being consumed, which is not, that's not the way fire works. Fire works through consumption. That doesn't make sense. And that was Moshe Rabbeinu's question. So he said, let me see this. Let me stop and see what is going on. Hashem recognizes this mide, this nekude. Chazal tell us, it's found in Rashi also, that they, it's an interesting lotion they use. That you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't style Lirois. Moshe Rabbeinu, like he, he went through the, the tsar of, of looking. What sar exactly did he have to look? Isn't this not a normal human reaction? To look? What did he do already? here? What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? And that somehow was the introduction of Moshe Rabbeinu to Manhigan, to having the Anhoga of Klal Yisrael. 
See, even after the explanation, as Abyankov said, even after the explanation, we're still left that it's a small thing. It, it's more of a thing than we thought. When we read the Pesukim, it seems like Moshe Rabbeinu did nothing at all that's even to be noted. So we have an explanation. The explanation is that Moshe Rabbeinu, of course, Pepshuta wasn't the first person who saw the bush. There's one medrash that smashed when the bush was burning like that. It wasn't like a new appearance. The bush was burning. It was a symbolic of the goals. And Ms. Tame, there were many people who stopped and scientists and people who, who analyzed different things that were going on in nature. And they, they probably spent time on this bush to try to explain it. Try to explain the inexplicable. Right? They tried to. But there was no explanation. It was a, this was a, a ruchniyistik azach. So they left it with a tzorachim. Moshe wasn't any different, Lachera. But Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't looking for a scientific explanation. Moshe Rabbeinu went and he said, what's there for me? What's the message for me? What am I supposed to learn from this? What's the message from Shemaim? Madua. There has to be a reason. There has to be a lesson. It wasn't a scientific. And the moment you're ready to internalize a lesson, it means you're ready to endure something. You're open for change. You're open to be makabal. You're open. So that's nitzta'alto lirois. This was not a, a curious look. This was a look with an openness to do something about. That, that's what was unique about Moshe Rabbeinu. But Yankiv Zatzal said, Lamai said this was like a small thing compared to who Moshe Rabbeinu was. Compared to things he's already done. He was Moshe Nefesh to save a, a, a Jew's life. He's already in Midian. He's been, he's been <laughs> they wanted to execute him. For what he did, for his pikuach nefesh activity. So this is a nice thing. So now we have a shtickle explanation that Moshe wasn't just stam. He was doing something more than stam. So Yankov used to say, "A A small thing is not necessarily a small thing. big things ligin in kleinizach. Big things." are in small, small packages. I remember growing up, so we had my Rebbe, Abiyankif, who we was able to mamish live across the street from. And that to me was, that was my childhood, Abiyankif. And then, I knew his best chaver, one of his best chaverim, was Rab Moshe. And when you saw them together, you saw what, 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 what friendship was. And I remember I would look at both of them, and with quick order, I, I was taller than both of them. <laughs> I don't know, together, probably if they one on top of the other, I, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't that tall. But I was, you know, I, I, I was quite tall, quite young. And I remember it hit me once that, wow, this vault. Right? What's the real message? What's the deep message? Of 
of, of what Rabbi Yankov said. I said, let's look a little bit just at a couple other brief Nakudas in the parasha. You have the Miyaldi Sevriyas towards the beginning of the parasha, where Pari tells them that they should uh, that they should kill out all the uh, all the male babies. Right? Not so poshet that Al Pidin they were hired to, to be Mysonefish. Right? There's many reasons why possibly not. You're not allowed to kill Uber, of course not, but it's not the same as killing a living person. So some say there was no Whatever. I'm not going through that. But the bottom line is the Miyaldi Savriyas Pipshutai saved the generation of Klal Yisrael. Right? Rightfully so, it's not a Kiddush that the Torah says that these two women, Yechevet and Miriam, were Zoycha to be the mothers of Bote Kuhune, Bote Nevia, Bote Malchus. Makes sense. They saved the generation. Their descendants should be the leaders of the generation. Makes sense. We could almost make it into midik and eged mido. So the emes is hecharashti. I wouldn't. I wouldn't need any more clarity if that's where it ended. But Chazal make a whole ordeal that the Torah Agdoshi, when it talks about the miyalda, is not listening to Parai. It says vatchayena es doesn't just say they didn't kill the babies. It says, Vatachayena. And there's different interpretations. One of the most famous ones is the idea of Shifra and Pua. That they would actually, they would baby the babies. They would beautify the babies. They would, they would adorn the babies. They would calm the babies down, Pua. They would calm the baby, the crying baby down. Dover Niflatak, a beautiful thing, that not only did they do their life and death mission and they saved the baby from the horrible decree of Pari Melech Mitzrayim, but actually they mamish, they, they, they petschered them. They were bobbies. They were the bobbies of Klaus Yisrael. Talk a beautiful thing. On what scale, on what scale would you put it? Imagine a woman has an emergency and she can't make it to the hospital and some nice neighbor who's bacant and somehow took an EMT course and, and, and concentrated in that chalik of the course and came by and managed to deliver the baby. And then after the baby's born, they they, they wash the baby around and wrapped it up in a nice pink towel. Pink blanket, I should say. So now what? So now when you send a thank you card, thank you for wrapping the baby up in a pink towel, I mean, in the pink blanket, that, that's, the, those, that's, the, that's the thank you. That was brought into the world. Besiata, besiata dishmaya. 
and this person, to help. Why are we even discussing Shifra and Pua? Why are we even why are we even mentioning those characteristics? It's like Mamish a sideshow. But it almost seems that the tremendous schal that they got, and, and more so the recognition of the Torah Daisha, is that Vatachayena, this is to be recognized. They didn't listen. And listen, this is what they did. Vatachayena is so that that again, as we, as I'm going with Rebiankif, this is a clean isach. It's a small thing. Or besegres isach and ligin in clean isach. These are big things. Moshe Rabbeinu starts his career by Yigdal Moshe vayetsei alechov, saving the Jew's life, who Chazal say was in danger of pikuach nafoshes. He saves his life at the risk of his own. And he wasn't stam a person that could sneak away. He was a high-profile person. So it's very dangerous what he did. In our door, if you want to envision Paris' grip on Messiah, think of Putin. You know people that are not friendly with him in Russia? They don't have a they don't have a Gishmak Soif. They don't get Buchsamosen with Gimel Brochis or Dalit Brochis. They get a Tzidakadil. Moshe Rabbeinu Mamish was Moshe Nefesh, which he was definitely not Mokhuyiv to do, to save a Jew. There's no mention of that as far as his role in leadership being attributed in any way to the recognition of his chutzel chesed as a young man. Instead, we have to go later in the parasha and learn about him as a shepherd. And how one of his sheep broke a leg and he carried it. When Dalton Zetman Hashem says, you're the one that's destined to be the leader of, to be a shepherd of Klal Yisrael. And Chazal say this Yisoyed that Rabbi Yankif said. When HaKadosh Baruch is picking somebody Ligdulo, he's boichnon bedavol koton. He tests them with a small thing. So the obvious question is, testing them with a small thing doesn't seem sensible. Test them with a big thing. <laughs> Normally in Kida'amwi Hinshi, Right? If somebody wants to have a job, right, to, to pick apples, so the interview process is quite simple. If somebody wants to be hired to be a Secret Service agent to protect the president, it's a different interview process. And obviously, with the apples, you're boichn on bedovel cotton. Okay? You see, if the person could get the apple off the tree and if they could put it into a basket. Right, and not get lost somewhere. And the Secret Service <laughs> agent has to have intense, intense education, training. It's not bullshit. It's like a doctorate in security you need to, to do such a thing. 
So what's with us? Why would Chazal tell us Hakadosh Baruch Hu? It seems Hakadosh Baruch Hu is. The, if the Medrash should say Boichnon Tchila, he tests them first, not in a leadership position. That makes sense. That's what we would Lamasul call internship. Okay, I'm just trying and internship. You know, you, well, before we make you a leader, let's see how, what you do in something may aim, something that could give us an idea of how close you are to that position. But then again, you would test them in something that's less risky. Right? You don't want to just plop them down into leadership. At the same time, it's something that the the the, the bar is high. This is Manhigan Shal Yisrael. And in fact, he I would say he passed the high bar. Look what he did in Mitzrayim. That's unbelievable. But no. This is what we see here. One last Nakudim. The end of the Pausha. Moshe Rabbeinu gathers the Zikna Yisrael. Vayameinom, they believe him. They believe him that the ghoul is here. They believe him that he's a shliach from the Rabbeinu Shalom. And he's going to the palace of Parai. And after he gathers all this Canaan, and they go, Chazal see the events unfolding as follows. They all accompany Moshe. But then, as Rashi brings down the Chazal, Nishmitu, they slowly, echad echad, each, you know, uh, slowly they got the ch- chickened out. It makes sense. What was Paris Palace like? It was this magnificent edifice, 400 gates going into it. Security, Michigan. Chazal tells us there were lions and leopards and chvesos by every gate. If a person went in there that didn't belong, got ripped to shreds on the spot. This was not a fun place to try to risk going in without an appointment. So this Canaan, understandably, chickened out. They wanted a company motion. They chickened out. It doesn't seem to be, from what we see in Chazal, that they went against any kind of tzivui. They accepted the words of Moshe. They supported it. And then they were accompanying him. That seems to be like a uh, like a like an extra, a bonus. And then they chickened out. Okay. Little thing. If they would have gone in, it would have been a uh, big deal. I don't mean big deal that it's not scary, but okay. So they accompanied Moshe. It wasn't a chayv, it wasn't, it didn't change anything significantly. It didn't change the mission. And the fact that they didn't go, so they didn't go. Okay, if they would have gone in, it would have been impressive. Now it's not so impressive. Okay. Definitely understandable. Rashi says, Nifra mehem. Chazal tell us, now they got taken care of these Canaan. They blew a magnificent opportunity. Moshe Nigash Levadoi. Moshe himself went close on House Sinai. I'm not going behind him. Why? Chazal Mashman at this Canaan blew it. 
that if this Canaan would have gone with Moshe Rabbeinu into the palace, they would have accompanied him by Matan Torah to some degree. I'm just telling you what Chazal tell us. This is fascinating. This is beyond fascinating. That this is, that this action, which wasn't even an obligation, if they would have done it, they would have been part of the Kabbalah Sateh in a whole different dimension. How do we understand such a thing? Fighter, I go back to the words of Biankovin, so now let's just explain. I think that there's a tremendous lesson to be had here. The Briskerov, Zechatzadik Livrocha, was by a tremendous Chanukah Sabayis for one of the Hasidim, whatever the connection was, he was there. One of the Hasidish Shtetlach was building, built a big building, a base medrash. And uh, there was a Hanukkah Sabai. I'm sorry, there was a Hanukkah Seven Apina. It was like a cornerstone celebration. And somebody was had the schus of being the miskabed, of having the honor by participating in such a significant way that he that he laid that stone. And afterwards, he was told that the briskerov wants to see him for a moment. So he was, first of all, he was all excited. Buskarov, whether you're a Chosid or a Litvak or anything, the Buskarov is a Buskarov. And comes to the Buskarov. Buskarov tells him, starts off the conversation, taka like a Buskar. <laughs> he said, I'm not Makana this mitzvah. This guy didn't know what hit him, what's coming. Meaning, I'm not jealous of you of this mitzvah. If a conversation would have ended there, it wouldn't have been the most pleasant conversation. He said, What I am jealous of is the other mitzvah that you did. You did some other mitzvahs. You did something in, in private. A humble mitzvah. From that mitzvah, in a sense, the Briskarov was saying this idea, from that little mitzvah, you got this mitzvah. What's the beer? What's the explanation of that Briskarov? So I think Rabbi Isai, the explanation is really simple and the more you think about it, you'll see how it, it, it's real. This is, this is the real, it, it, it's realistic in life, this, this idea. Every human being, as Abchayim Valoshan says in Nefesh Achayim, every human being has in them mystical shaloy lishma. It's part of being human. Acknowledging it is not is not acknowledging defeat. Acknowledging it is not acknowledging weakness. It's acknowledging humanity. That's what you are. You're a human being, and a human being by nature is a goof and nefesh, and a goof and nefesh is a shtikul shaloy lishma. Your goof has Motives, right? And and the motives are are coming from the from the goof and the neshama. The goof has the goof has all of these tithes, and they're there. And Rav Chaim says it's a lifelong struggle. 
And the struggle is a good one. The struggle is a growing one. We grow from that. We grow from from Lo'oilom Yasukot Mito Mitzvishmar. Bhaim Bhaim Valojana capitalizes on that. Lo'oilom. What's Lo'oilom? Just say. Do Shaloi do now Shaloi Lishma. And one day you'll reach really Lishma. No, no, Lo'oilom. Chaim Olojna says, as long as you're in this world, you can always get, get closer to Lishma because there's always that peace. There's always that peace. Now, obviously, in every Shalai Lishma, there's different levels. There's a blatant Shalai Lishma. Right? Blatant. You do a mitzvah, everybody's watching you. Okay, that's Kivalik. That's covet. Well, you're doing a mitzvah, you're getting paid handsomely for it. Fine, it's a check. Right? Then there's mitzvahs that are uh, less blatant. You're doing it for somebody, you know that they'll very much appreciate you for it. You know, so you 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 like the feeling of being appreciated. And that's a motivating fact. And sometimes you may even feel like it's mamish lishma, and it is. It's not that it's not. There's, there is, like Rav Chaim Volodar saying, there's a there is a there's a very nice content of lishma. But just the fact that you feel good about yourself, self fulfillment, is also an element of shaloi lishma. I feel good about that. Sometimes a person will say that that mitzvah doesn't talk to me, right? <laughs> Think about it. What does that even mean? Rashi talks about in Pasha Sekev, mitzvahs she'odam dosh ba'kevov. Right? Mitzvahs that you step on. Mitzvahs that don't talk to you. Right? So those mitzvahs that don't talk to you, right? Why don't they talk to you? Because they don't, they don't give you that sense of accomplishment, of fulfillment. I don't see that as a big deal. Rabbi Zay, it's a simon in Shulchan Aruch. I remember years ago when we had the last Birch HaSachame. So of course after we had that unbelievable Maimad in Yeshiva. What a beautiful Maimad. With everybody in the Yeshiva. And it's, it's just, it's, it, was, it was just something special. Davening Vasikin and the whole community came. It was, it was, it was gorgeous. It was something special. And you make And I, the last thing I wanted to do is take away even an ounce of that inspiration. That would have been mamish ritzicha of an inspiration. But afterwards, not immediately, but sometime after the event, I said, Rabbi Isai, now that we did it, let me tell you something. And don't kill me. <laughs> don't kill me. I said, the tefillin that you put on this morning was a bigger mitzvah. And then you did a mitzvah that I said, was a lot bigger than making a birchas ha-shevach of And it had to be absorbed. And sometimes a person would have come to me a day later, a week later, two weeks later, and say, I hear. Eventually, I think it was Hoidukula. <laughs> after thinking, after absorbing, after looking into the sugya, after they realized that what I was saying was really 
elementary on a preschool level. That doesn't mean that we don't have inspiring moments in life that are gewaldic and we have tremendous aliyahs from it and it's it's amazing. But we have to also think about the having the inspiration and in doing Rotzayin Hashem just for the sake of Rotzayin Hashem. And on that scale, the less significant an act is, right, the more simple it is, in a way, the more pure and the more lishma that it is. When the Miyaldis of Rias, I'm just going to start with them, when they saved the babies, that was unbelievable, Messiris Nefesh. And we cannot and should not, Chas v'sholem, in any way, do anything but be amazed and inspired by, by the Choshev Mamas from Klal Yisrael. But there was tremendous shi'ifa to do such a thing. What are you doing, ladies, this morning? We're saving the generation of Klaisa. Okay, that's wow. That's why I'm not going to uh, to Hapa Bagel. <laughs> saving the generations of Klaisa. Okay. That's inspiring. That's inspiring for others. It's inspiring for yourself. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a fact. It's inspiring. It's invigorating. It's dangerous. It's risky. It has all the other elements. And that is, is an unbelievable schus for them. But that's a fact. Once the baby was born and they did their life-saving mission, now the baby is crying. Okay, somebody else could put a pacifier <laughs> in the baby's mouth. That's not for us. We're the listen. We are the life-saving uh, agents. No, they weren't doing life-saving measures. Stam. They were yirei shomayim. There wasn't an ounce of them in it. It was all for Hashem. And therefore for them, the putting in the pacifier, the wrapping the baby in a blanket, the being Mishapagasavlad, it was all Valachto Bidrochov. It was all doing rots on Hashem. They didn't stop. And that shows us the purity in everything that they did. Hashem said, these are the mothers of the leaders of Kalal Yisrael. These are the mothers. Moshe Rabbeinu, life-saving measures, no question. He saw Romaisa, he saw an action. He decided he's going to endanger his own life. V'kachave. He did. He had to go into exile. But he was on a life-saving mission that can be explained to any human being that has a bar seichel and, and has a heart. That you know what? This was a worthwhile endeavor. But for an intelligent, busy, capable man to explain that he was busy with a sheep that broke its leg and he carried it to Chesnish Vos. It's a Chengansa Mishugi Yivon. 
That's already not so inspiring. That's not invigorating. That's pure volachta bidrochov. Boichnon bidavokotan, not just because the dovokotan is a big thing. The dovokotan shows you how much God fearing, how much God clinging, how much it, it's in you. And that's that's a, a purifying moment. And that's something a person has to think about. And that was the Baychnon Bedover Katan. If this Canaan would have gone with Moshe Rabbeinu, it would have elevated their own connection to HaKadosh Baruch This pure act. By Mount Torah, everybody was waiting. Everybody was waiting. How much they have to pay by the Sea of Mashas to say to Davin Mincha? <laughs> everybody wants to Davin Mincha. For the Olmut. Right? You don't have to look for Baltfili. They'll pay a fortune to Dava Mincha for the Olmut. It's 100,000 Yidin going to answer your Kaddish. That's what the Briskorov told his Jew. I'm a kind of the mitzvah that you did with purity, which led to this big mitzvah. The Briskorov was giving him the biggest compliment. He was saying, if you didn't have the purity of heart, Hashem would have given you such a great mitzvah now. There had to be this, this in the kiosk here. So let's together be mechazek each other. Be mechazek each other. Learn from Moshe Rabbeinu. By the snare, we were able to see Moshe Rabbeinu is clinging to Hashem. By Adover Cotton. Everything in life, he wanted to see how he could connect to Hashem. In our own life, we know how many times we dismiss a mitzvah. Every day it comes up. These opportunities come up daily. Sometimes hourly. He said, yeah, that's, 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 you know, it's not for me. This doesn't talk to me. It's a clinic guy. Tomorrow, Rabbi say, in a sense, the more dismissive you are about something because you feel it's really not significant, the more you may be able to cash out of that action. The more you could elevate yourself. And let us all be zoich of entirely benu, like we say. Entirely benu. The of the Chah, the MS. Agut Nishabas.